after leaving the mountain, Jesus and his disciples made their way through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, because he was instructing his disciples. He was telling them, the Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of men. They will put him to death. And three days after he has been put to death, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he said, and were afraid to ask him. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? They said nothing because they had been arguing which of them was the greatest. So he sat down, called the twelve to him, and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must make himself last of all and servant of all. He then took a little child, set him in front of them, put his arms around him and said to them, Anyone who welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not me but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. So, my dear brothers and sisters, uh, before I say a few words about the gospel this morning, um, you can see the little flag here in front. It's the flag of Dominica. And today is a very special day. It's the feast of Our Lady of La Salette this week. And there's a parish in Dominica called La Salette. It's in a place called Point Michel. And for the last 40 years, they've been celebrating this mass in the parish. So there's been a few years where it had stopped. But praise God, this mass has started again. I had the grace of visiting the beautiful island of Dominica, and I looked everywhere. You see that parrot in the middle, Cicero parrot? I checked everywhere on the island and I couldn't find him. I think the hurricane has blown him away. He's supposed to be very rare, but he's so rare I couldn't see him. But I will have to go back to check if he's still there somewhere hiding in the beautiful island. And when you go there, immediately you're struck by the beauty of the island and the warmth of the people, but also you're struck by the, the damage to the nature. Uh, the hurricane category five is this, I mean, winds over 200 miles per hour devastated the island for hours, this time last year. And, but also you begin to see how nature is fighting back already. And also the people are fighting back. You can see people are rebuilding their lives, their roofs, lots of roofs have gone. And it's beautiful to see the resilience of the people. And if there's two things that I can take from um, my time in Dominica is resilience and faith. Two qualities that I dis really discovered there. And it's a wonderful example. And you know, Jesus today in the Gospel takes a child and puts it in front of the disciples to show them what they should become. It's kind of shocking really. Because today our role models are either football players or artists or politicians, whatever. But Jesus says, no, become like a little child. And it's funny, sometimes in Europe we've lost our roots. And a little island like Dominica, for me, taught me many things about what it means to be human and many things about what it means to be a Christian, a Catholic, and what it means to be a nation. And sometimes the bigger nations of the world should look sometimes at the quality of life on little islands like Dominica where things are very different 
and uh, even though there's humans on Dominica and there's sin like every place in the world, but especially after the hurricane, you hear people say, we have banded together like not before. The suffering, no one, rich, poor, big, small, everybody, their roof is gone in the morning. And people had to reach out to each other because they needed each other. And there was a solidarity and unity that came out of suffering, which uh, I think was very admirable, and which we can learn from. So I put Dominica, like Jesus put the child, I put Dominica in the middle of the church today to show you uh, what a beautiful island, and what a beautiful culture, what a blessing um, to, to discover it. And how you should be proud of your, like all the islands in the Caribbean, each one is so different. That's one thing I discovered. Each island is like, I know you know that for years, but for me, seeing each island in its own identity and in its beauty really struck me. In Antigua, on the way home, it never rains. Maybe once or twice a year. In Dominica, it never stops. That's why it's raining today, because uh, for the mass for Dominica, it had to rain. But to get back to the gospel today, you know, Mark, uh, Matthew and Luke, they all speak about this incident of Jesus putting a child in the middle. And it struck them, because there's a lesson to be learned in this gospel today um, that they didn't forget. And it tells us a lot about who Jesus was, about how he treats children. In today's world, especially in the church, we need to hear that. How do we treat children after all the abuse crises? And how we are to change if we are to become kingdom of God people. And it's good to see the context of this because Jesus is speaking about his passion. And his passion is about a week away. And these parents come with children so Jesus can bless them. And the disciples say, the apostles say, listen, Jesus is busy right now. And Jesus says, no, no, let the children come to me. He could have said, listen, I'm a week away from my passion. Tell the kids to go home and watch and play their iPads. Because I don't have time. I'm busy right now. This is an intense moment. And they're speaking about a very serious theological discussion with the Pharisees. But he stops everything. It's like Pope Francis, I was told, in Rome. Uh, he keeps the ambassadors and the presidents and the prime ministers waiting while he's greeting the handicapped for hours. And they're there waiting to greet him. But he goes down and he greets the little ones first. I, I don't know if that's diplomatically great, but that's what he does. And, uh, but Jesus says the same. He says, the center of our lives should be the children. And ch childhood is so important. When you go to Dominica, there's children everywhere. It's beautiful to see the youth. And though there's challenges on the island, um, there, it's beautiful to see the youth. And... People like Joseph and Moses and Samuel and David, uh, God spoke to them very beautifully in their youth. God speaks to children. He spoke to me when I was about the day of my first communion. Not obviously like a, a voice, hello, but he spoke in my heart. And uh, in La Salette, the story of La Salette is two little children. And Fatima is children because we're too complex. Grown-ups, we're too worried and too complex for God to speak to us. God speaks to children in a way that he can't speak to us anymore because we're distracted by so many things. And I just want to underline just a few things of the gospel because of the three gospels together to speak about children. First of all, they bring the children to Jesus. Our goal as parents, as grandparents, as uncles, as priests, as seniors is to bring children to Jesus. And just let them sit there in the presence of Jesus. 
teach them, that's Jesus there, he's speaking to you. And they understand straight away, much more than we do. And when they bring him, Jesus calls them. You see, it's different to bring and to call. Once you bring your children, Jesus begins to work on them. Like Samuel, when he was like seven or eight, God called Samuel. And he calls children, he speaks to them in a way that he can't speak to us anymore. And he puts them in the midst of them. He puts the child in the middle of the disciple. We're arguing about who's the best. It's like, it reminds me of politics today. It sounds a bit like that today, the, 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 the narrative in politics. And when you put children at the center of a family, of a community, of a parish, of a school, beautiful things start to happen. Because children lead us to places that we would never go on our own. And then he embraces them. What a beautiful image. Children know they're loved by God. But you know that you're embraced constantly by God. He holds your life in the palm of his hand. We're so forgetful. He's, we, are, we are in a constant embrace. And when we come to Mass, when you receive communion, that's a visible sign of God holding you close. And he blesses them. Benedicere, to bless means to say good things. He never puts people down, never puts children down, never abuses children, always lifts them up. And I remember when I was in, um, in the Mexican culture, the parents every night blessed their children with a sign of the cross. I'm sure many of you do that. But it's your role as a parent, a father, a mother, a grandmother, a grandparent, to bless your children, to say good things, to lift them up, not to put them down. And he places his hands over them to bless them, says the gospel. What a beautiful image as well. We see it in the Acts of the Apostles. When you show a blessing, when you pray over somebody by using your hands, God uses that gesture because your body opens your heart. When you put your hands like this, it opens your body in a posture of prayer and of healing. And, and then he says, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He says the children should be your role models. Obviously not psychologically. Kids are not responsible. We're we're supposed to be the responsible ones. But when it comes to joy, spontaneity, trust. You know, children, they say a two-year-old laughs and smiles 200 times a day. And they say every decade of your life, you laugh and you smile less and less. Until you get to 70, and it's like once a week. <laughs> a smirk once a week is all you can manage. And it should be the opposite. As you get older, you should be more joyful. Because God has blessed us. We've lived to a long age. We've learned many lessons. And we shouldn't sweat the small stuff. We should be able to let go and to be joyful. But see how handicapped we are. I remember one time seeing a kid at the back of church. And he was rolling on the ground laughing. For about two or three minutes. He couldn't stop. I could see all the parents watching him. And I, I wonder if they were thinking like me. Where I wish I could laugh like that. Just let go and delight and that's what kids do. They show us the way for it comes to joy. And then Jesus says, when you receive them, it's me you receive. There's a very special presence of God in children. That's why it's a great shame for us in the Catholic Church that the clergy and those who are supposed to be responsible where there has been abuse. It should be the safest place in the world for children. And it's becoming that, thanks be to God. It's changing rapidly. But, and hopefully the church can even show the way in all as to how we treat children. But we have failed. And that's what Mother Teresa used to say with her five fingers. You did it to me. When you do it to a child, 
you do it to Jesus. When you mistreat them, you mistreat Jesus. When you disrespect them, you disrespect Jesus. And it's so easy to forget children and to put them to the side. And yet, by putting them in the center, things happen and things change. And finally, uh, not in today's gospel, but in a similar gospel, Jesus says, their guardian angels in heaven contemplate the face of God. What a beautiful image. Every child has a guardian angel watching over him, but also contemplating God and keeping the connection between the child and God. And we judge so quickly. I call that the iceberg effect. We see their appearance and we say, look at her. Look at him. Look at her with her dress. <laughs> or look at him the way he's walking. And yet, we know nothing about that person. We see certain things. But we shouldn't... They say we judge every 30 seconds. We're so... such a judgmental society. And yet, there's so much going on behind the appearances that Jesus wants us to see. So, Jesus, we ask you this morning to teach us to look at children like you see them. To see their beauty. And I won't sing Whitney Houston uh, song, but uh, the children are beautiful. And we have our calling is to bring them to Jesus and put them at the center of our lives and to bless them and to learn from their joy and spontaneity how we should also become disciples of the kingdom of God. 